Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. On a recent edition of the Electronic Cottage, we looked at the number of personal information records online that have been stolen or exposed in just the first half of 2018. That known number is in the hundreds of millions of personal records, and it's very likely that the actual number is even higher. None of this is new, of course. Online hacking has been with us for a long time, but the breadth and extent of these data thefts seem to be reaching new heights. In fact, the likelihood that personal information of almost any American over the age of 13 that uses the web has been compromised is probably very near 100%. Those thefts of personal information can have enormous consequences. Identity theft, for example, is the single largest source of complaints to the Federal Trade Commission, and the results of identity theft can be devastating to an individual's financial, personal, work, and even family life. But these days, there is a new dimension to using personal information for nefarious purposes, one that affects not only specific individuals, but the very basis of our form of government and society threats to the integrity of the democratic process. The news today is filled with drama about whether there have been, and still are, attempts to illegally influence U.S. elections based on hacked or otherwise compromised personal information online. The questions of who was behind certain hacks and how that hacked personal information was used are of enormous importance. But behind the back-and-forth accusations of who did the hacking and who was trying to affect what outcome is one much more basic question. Why were the hackers, whoever they turn out to be in any particular case, able to illegally gather the information that they were using to try to influence election outcomes in the first place? Why did that happen? The answer is pretty simple. In many cases, online personal information of Americans has been exposed through poor security. In some cases, poor security practices on the part of individuals. But the lion's share of the problem is the result of poor security, or sometimes outright stupidity, on the part of the companies that collect and hold personal information. While things like identity theft have occasionally gotten the attention of Congress for a while, Lobbying by those who benefit from having lax data privacy laws has gotten a lot more attention. That's one reason why data privacy laws and their enforcement in the U.S. are, to be very polite, seriously lacking. But now it's come to light that the personal data of an enormous number of Facebook users, combined with other commercially available personal information, was used to personalize campaigns to influence the 2016 election. In addition, over a dozen Russian citizens have been indicted for trying to influence the 2016 election in various ways, including through hacking the email of the Democratic candidate's campaign staff. This kind of activity is clearly a threat to our form of government, which depends upon citizens being able to vote based on what they believed based on accurate information, to be in their interests and in the interests of the country, and to have confidence that their votes and all votes are counted accurately and completely. 
To minimize those threats, it won't do for Congress to sit on its hands any longer when it comes to personal data protection. Perhaps this realization was summarized best by the Association for Computing Machinery, U.S. Technology Policy Committee, in a letter to the Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation of July 2, 2018, reacting to the use of Facebook members' personal data by Cambridge Analytica. The final words of that USACM letter are, quote, Given the significance and breadth of these privacy and ethical shortcomings, USACM believes that now is the time for Congress to act to protect the public interest and the integrity of the democratic process by adopting comprehensive and effective personal privacy protection legislation. End quote. This ACM committee not only offered this overall observation, it drew on the knowledge of its 100,000 members, among the best technologists in the world, to make specific recommendations of what privacy protection legislation should include. Let's look at those suggestions. The first of their nine recommendations is the most obvious, and perhaps the least honored by companies at present. Quote, one, limit collection and minimize retention of personal data, end quote. The committee noted that Facebook collection of data, and we would add most social media providers and even online retail companies as well, quote, exceeded the scope expected by users and in some cases take place without the informed consent of the users. In addition, Facebook collects data on non-Facebook account holders, conducts off-platform tracking of users to support data security and platform interoperability, and accesses cookies to feed advertising delivery. Facebook also has data-sharing partnerships with more than 60 device makers, including Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Samsung, as well as four Chinese electronics businesses including one that has been identified as a national security threat. The device maker partnerships provide third-party business associates with access to personal data of Facebook users and their friends without explicit consent. Most of these collection activities are not transparent to users. End quote. So, what does the ACM committee recommend to Congress? Quote, Collect and retain only personal data essential for the collector to provide its service or product. Collect data only from active account holders or members. Mitigate the risk of privacy breaches by minimizing the identifiability of all data collected or retained, regardless of how minimal or briefly held. End quote. Pretty simple. Pretty basic, really. But, as the committee further notes about all nine of its recommendations, of which this is only the first, quote, Businesses today have proven unable to self-police. And so legislative and regulatory action that protects consumer privacy without materially limiting innovation is essential, end quote. In other words, without laws equivalent to those, for example, in the European Union, these kinds of violations of personal privacy will continue. But now, 
The danger of failing to act is not only to the financial and personal security of individuals, but quite possibly to the survival of this country's form of government. That is a sobering realization. We'll continue to look at the implications of the lack of laws in this country dealing with personal privacy online and at some of the possible remedies right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. <music>